Get in the game at Albertsons. We're kicking off the football season with big prizes. Look for Game On participating player tags, buy any three, and enter your code for a chance to win. Get selected varieties of Morningstar Farms, 5.25 to 12 ounces, $3.79 each. And eight-count Kellogg's Pop-Tarts selected varieties, three for $6. Limit six total. No purchase necessary. Open a residence of Southern California counties listed in rules, 18 years and older. Ends January 9th, 2018. Enter code by January 12th, 2018. Rules at GameOnSoCal.com. Blog Talk Radio. The potential for greatness lives within each of us. IDARE. IDARE is an acronym for Integrity, Diversity, Adaptation, Resilience, and Empowerment. Home for personal growth, empowerment, safety awareness, disaster preparedness, leadership, and education. Thanks for joining us at IDARE Radio on Blog Talk Radio. Heard worldwide by over 1 million listeners with your lovely host, Nikki Dare. Nikki Dare is the founder of IDARE, a registered nonprofit 501c3, organized and operated exclusively for charitable and education purposes. Ms. Dare's personal mission is to help you encounter your purpose and live your best life by unearthing your inherent potential and finding joy in the journey. Nikki Dare is the published author of The Audacity of Veracity, a columnist on women in the field on California's outdoor fishing and hunting of Western Outdoor News. Ms. Dare is a certified firearms instructor in rifle, shotgun, and handgun, RSO range safety officer, a CERT community emergency response team member, FEMA, women's advocate, leadership and mentoring, philanthropist, president of NAPW, and is passionate for the safety, survival, and the outdoors. Living in purpose and passion. And now, here's your host, Nikki Dare. On our previous broadcast, we share with you hurricane awareness and preparedness tips. From Hurricane Fran, which swept 150 miles inland um, in North Carolina to infamous Hurricane Katrina, was the largest and third strongest hurricane ever recorded to make landfall in the U.S. Um, struck New Orleans with Category 3 at the time, but Katrina really peaked at a Category 5 hurricane uh, with winds up to, we clocked in 175 miles per hour at the time. The Atlantic hurricane season runs from June 1 through November 30th, Hurricane hazard comes in many, many different forms, including storm surge, heavy rainfall, um, flooding, inland flooding, high winds, tornadoes, and rip currents ocean around the ocean and coastal areas. The extent of these damages vary based on the size and the intensity of the wind of the storm, the amount of duration, which is the how long of rainfall, the path of the storm, and other factors such as the number and types of buildings within the area, uh, the terrain, and also the soil conditions. Clearly, this had caused power outage for weeks at the time in some areas, and total combined damages in property and other losses were measured in billions and billions of dollars. Similarly, with other natural disasters, namely what we are discussing today, um, the wildfires. We're talking about the wildfires preparedness and awareness this week. Wildfires killed 30 people, destroyed 2,800 homes, and burn more than 7 million acres on average per year. Again, wildfires on average kill 30 people 
and destroy on average 2,800 homes, burn more than 7 million acres on average per year. Hi, everybody. My name is Nikki Dare, your host of I Dare Radio. Home for safety and preparedness, awareness, outdoors, and education. Let's keep it here for the next 30 minutes. Um, I'm very grateful that you all join in, and uh, I'm also, I just want to add on to this information at, that I'm very humbled to uh, learn that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of you are listening and downloading it from either from this platform and also on iTunes podcast. So thank you so very much. Um, we noticed that, and uh, the numbers have just been growing and growing. Um, you listeners out there, I really thank you. That makes my... Um, you know, um, a value, uh, more value to me, uh, you know, my podcasting here. All right, so let's keep it here for the next 30 minutes in our continued effort to promote awareness and how to become more prepared and in reducing risk impacts in natural disasters. We continue to bring this um, to you, um, how we can better uh, better become more prepared in the event of natural disasters or this emergency uh, situations. To bring you wildfire preparedness in Region 9 FEMA this week, uh, which is May, what is it, May 21, 22nd, all the way throughout. Okay, wildfire preparedness and safety awareness. Why is it a big deal? Uh, why do we talk about it right now? Why, why the preparedness? Why the awareness? And why is it a big deal? Well, these natural disasters can, can be very costly. Uh, I think, I think you know, a lot of you in the insurance business would uh, agree on me more than anything on this one. These natural disasters can be costly, meaning to property damages, business recovery also. If you're a business owner, um, you know, you, uh, your business can be very highly effect, uh, affected to these natural disasters. And, you know, you have to think as a business owner, you know, how can I get recovered rather quickly and open my business in the very next hour, next day? You know, how much time do, do I have until I do not, you know, I, I cannot make money? What, what is my safety net? Um, you all have to, to um, figure this out. You know, you, you all have to um, estimate this risk. And, you know, I, I'm discussing this, um, providing this information, awareness, and preparedness simply is to reduce the risk impacts in case of these natural disasters um, affecting to your business, to your property damages, and to yourself. And unfortunate losses of life, obviously, this natural disaster can cost, right? Um, so, Yes, natural disasters can be very costly, and then we've seen it um, in, in every event. Billions of dollars are talking about, meaning to property damages, business recovery that is affecting your business, you know, um, to, for, for your business to shut down, and then, you know, how soon you can open your business again, back on your feet again. And unfortunately, the losses of lives, you know, the death tolls and everything. So, yeah, we do need to talk about this and take action. We do need to take action. U.S. taxpayers are paying about, on average, about, uh, I want to I get an accurate number on this, $3 billion a year to fight wildfires. Again, U.S. taxpayers are paying about $3 billion a year to average to fight wildfires. And I, I re, you know, depict this information um, credibly, you know, from, from um, good resources such as Wikipedia. Triple what it cost in the 1990s, by the way. So, yes. Taxpayers out there, all of us, um, need to talk about this, need to pay attention to this and take action um, in a serious manner because it does cost us a lot of money on this. Any event, uh, $3 billion is not, um, it, that's a whole lot, a lot of money. 
to fight wildfires, triple what it cost back then in the 1990s. And big fires can lead to billions of dollars in property losses as well. So, yes, I, you know, I mentioned a little bit about the insurance uh, uh, element on this, and yes, it does affect to everybody, and it affects businesses as well, uh, not just the property damages. So, let's moving on here. Um, I want to just, uh, you know, mention since 1932, there were 20 largest wildfires occurred um, in California alone. Um, you know, those of you who are Californians, um, wildfires is a big deal. So, yes, I'd like to, um, you know pay attention to this and bring an awareness to this. So I want to touch base briefly in Southern California fire. I have lived in Southern California for decades now, enough to experience this um, and witness some of the weather conditions. And let to say it is the best climate, though. I mean, you know, on the, um, on the other side of it, um, it's the best climate um, to, to live and just to enjoy if you live here. Um, in any, if not most, of the areas I've been familiar with, you know, I grew up in breathing humidity of mornings in Texas, for goodness, um, which I have no complaint about because I love it there too. So, yeah, humidity uh, in Texas and live in cold winters, yeah, cold, long winters in Colorado. Uh, we don't see sun for a while there, some of, the, uh, some of the winter seasons there. And traveled through some of the most intense weather climate territories and terrains I've, I've visited Many quiet places such as, um, you know, I, those of you who know me, I'm very passionate about fishing, obviously. So, yeah, f uh, fishing grounds in Alaska, um, those terrains, and, you know, they, they, they have, there's so many uh, extreme weather conditions out there when you go out, depending, you know, what, what month you go to over there to go fishing, to go uh, hiking, or to go even just for the summer camping and everything in Alaska. I mean, you know, you, you don't go... Excuse me, if you want to just go catch fish, um, the salmon season, let's say, or the kings or the uh, uh, silver, uh, you got to have to, um, you know, go in the right month. And you witness some of the gorgeous, gorgeous, uh, beautiful flowers out there and its natures. But then, you know, if you're not coming into the right, uh, the right timing, um, then you, you'll be saying, you know, you'll be seeing, I should say, and you'll be saying, oh, my goodness, why did I, why did I book this trip in this? But, you, you know, you never know over there. Um, it's an, a very extreme weather conditions over there in Alaska. Um, a lot of you have, have, you know, probably have visited there, and then probably you live there, so you know exactly what I'm saying. Um, you know, some of you are already watching TV as well. It's like, oh, my goodness, you know, you don't want to go um, during the winter season, which is <laughs> Three, day, uh, three months shut, shut down over there, I believe. Um, it's just cold, winter, dark, and everything. You, um, it, it, as a matter of fact, I want to just uh, include this information as well that I want to share with you. That yeah, we we were there. I think it was in late August or mid August, and um, it was it was the longest days. Uh, we we. You know, we stayed at the hotel, and we're kind of like, what else to do? Because it's so dark outside, and there's nothing to do outside except eating, obviously. Um, I'm talking about 11, 10, 11 o'clock. I mean, I go to bed at 9, or I forgot, goodness sake. But 9, uh, I'm sorry, not dark. It's still light. Um, the, other, the opposite. It's still very light out there. And it's a little bit um, uh, interesting because you don't see, you, you know, you open your hotel room window and then you still see light at 11 o'clock. And to me, that was, um, you know, kind of interesting. So I, I just had to share that with you. I know some of you said, well, that's, that's, 
that's really common, Nikki. What you know, I was uh, that was like decades ago when I went to Alaska and um, I experienced that and look at the uh, the Northern Lights and everything too. My goodness, that was just amazing, amazing view. And um, I think those of you who appreciate nature, um, go out there. All right, so. Moving on, going back to the visited many places here, um, just skipping it here and then, you know, North, North America here, um, Washington, Oregon, as far as uh, East Coast, New York too, uh, we talk about when, this was, reminds me also back when I uh, visited and had a long stay while I was in Chicago, then I knew why they had named it, the name, the, you know, named it the Windy City. Chicago, which is windy. Um, I don't remember what month I went there. I think it was summertime. But yes, uh, now I know why they call it Windy City. Let's go back to Southern California because we talk about wildfires and I think Southern California or California rather, the whole state um, is prone to wildfires. And um, I think I think you know you know that California has dry, windy, and often um, really hot weather conditions uh, from late spring through. Through you know through the fall through autumn that can produce moderate to um, to really devastating wildfires especially out in the canyon up in the hills even where I live um, I'm more inland but you know I, I I would drive about 30 minutes to let's say Topanga Canyon or um, you know Woodland Hills or around that canyon area or even at the um, you know, that's we're talking about thirty to forty minutes, less than, less than an hour drive from inland. Even even less than that. I'm not talking about you know drive out there. You know, you see the wildfires even back here, even in the backyard where I live, um, San Francisco Canyon, uh, around here at Vasquez. I mean, you know, we experience a lot of a lot of a lot of wind, which cause fires, and that's that's what you know, causes a fire, and we Californians are very, very familiar with this kind of thing, and the winds that I'm talking about is also known as Santa Ana winds, I think Californians know that very well, and there is another wind that I want to say is a Diablo, if I'm not mistaken, a Diablo wind in the northern part of the state, and Santa Ana winds is to the south, um, so we get both, <laughs> we, we just, you know, all the winds here, and we get that like I said, I mean, you know, like maybe even late uh, mid-summer, uh, mid-summer time, like around right now, mid to late, I believe. Um, we know this very well. So, you know, it's like, yeah, it's coming down here again. Um, the areas that I'm talking about, such as, you know, the Vasquez, and those are dry, very dry. And, you know, a lot, a lot of us would, would drive over there, especially now with the drought with the drought uh, condition in our state, uh, we see a lot of brown kind of thing, you know, like really dry um, shrubs and stuff like that, and the trees are not really watered properly. But it's kind of sad around here. Anyway, moving on. Along with another strong dry wind, we call it Diablo, Di- uh, Diablo wind, I should call it. God, where's my Spanish accent here? Santa Ana, I talked about it. So Santa Ana winds to the south, and Diablo is more to the northern part of the state. Um, wildfires in California are growing more dangerous um, and costly, and I, that's the reason why we're talking about this right now, right? And like I said, it mentioned before, it does cost the, uh, the taxpayers money. We're paying about $3 billion a year just to fight um, wildfires, and that's an average. And you know, this has been tripled since back in the 1990s. 
um, you know, not just uh, billions of dollars in just of fighting it, but also in property losses, also billions of dollars. Um, you know, these fires can also recur and uh, ignite in the same places which occurred fire before in the past. Um, simply because, you know, I guess it has this, um, I'll go back to that, but, you know, I want to mention uh, the, the, the fires that occurred back in the 23, for example, is the Oakland. Um, those of you who are listening to this probably know exactly what I'm talking about because I wasn't even born then. But it repeated throughout the years all the way to 2008. So like I said, I mean, it's nice in places where it occurred, you know, where it occurred fire before in the past historically, along with the other places, um, you know, Riverside County, San Bernardino County, also Los Angeles here and Orange, Orange County. Um, in addition, parks landscape uh, ranging from large green coastal sage and then the areas of grassland, woodland, uh, brown, like I said, sparsely dense with green vegetation made drier by droughts um, or hot summers, exactly what I just said. I mean, you know, th this can be just drawn to the wind, and the wind blows it, and then, you know, what causes a fire, obviously, guys. <laughs> if you're an outdoor person like me, you know exactly what I'm saying this, because you go out there, and then you see this really brown, sparsely dense, you know, um, you know, kind of like very dry, caused by the drought, and by the hot summer, especially when it's peak in August and everything like that, and you go out there, and you're um, side by side, or, you know, um, the off-roads kind of, kind of, kind of vehicles, and then you kind of feel sad about it. You know, you just felt like you want to bring a hose of fi uh, water and just, you know, avoiding the fire to cause fire later on in the summer. But, yeah, um, I don't have that many hoses of water to hose it all off. But, yeah, I, uh, I do respect Mother Nature. Again, you know, just um, this is what it is, and we just have to live with it and um, hoping that the rain will come. Um, so those of you who live in the rainy areas, um, count your blessings because we're here in coastal areas, even the coastal areas, we, we're hoping for rain. Um, just like this week, though, so far, Southern California especially, I mean, it's a little bit um, not so sunny, but we do see the sun, but it's a little bit sort of, um, you know, um, uh, gloomy. I should say more than more than before, more than the usual the usual weather. So, all right. So, those of you who are just jumping in, listening to this podcast and broadcast, you are listening to Nikki Day Radio Wildfire Preparedness. That's what we're talking about. That's the topic: uh, wildfire preparedness and awareness. Here is um, you know uh, Region Nine in Southern California and California this week. So hopefully that you are taking some notes and hopefully this can be um, useful to your, you know, information and everything like that. So the valley um, land can be easily susceptible to dry spells and draw, and we all know that, and that making it really, really prime for, spot for brush fires. And that's another thing that I was going to mention, the brush, brush fire, not just the wildfires, but the brush fire is also um, very, very critical here. Um, I, I want to mention that, you know, uh, especially when you go outdoors uh, looking for the brush fires and, you know, you're just going to say, oh, my goodness, hopefully there's not brush fires started now because it's so brown out here. Hills and canyons have seen brush wildfires. Okay, so I'm going to leave it here for right now. The uh, brush fires and wildfires, and there's tons of information everywhere. 
Um, if you also go to my website, um, uh, not the Nikki Deer, but the IdealWorld.com, uh, which is uh, talking about desire preparedness, and hopefully this week that my team will, um, you know, go ahead and include this information on the website as well, so you all can um, get some tips and info um, more, you know, in a clear manner. Okay, summary theory, guys. Um, so yeah. Schools are out, meaning summer vacation. And some schools are not out yet, but some some already out. The kids are out. Um, summer vacation, fun and sun in the outdoors, on the beach, obviously. And we all want to hang out by the, you know, close by the water, at the ocean, the lake. Summer also holds very significant weather hazards, and we all know this. We just want to remind you, remind you all that heat waves can be lengthy and deadly. Lightning deaths are at the peak during this um, season. All right, so during the summer, lightning deaths are very peak right now. Uh, like I said, I'm in California right now. This week so far, in the last few days, we've seen a little bit of sun, but more in a gloomy side. You know, it wants to rain, but it's not raining or drizzling yet, but it's just a little bit hazy, and then, you know, clouds everywhere hanging over. The sun is not out. So sometimes it takes a peak. So just, you know, watch out for that, okay? Watch out for the weather hazards. Uh, during the summer. I know you all are having fun uh, during the summer season, but just prepare yourself and then just keep yourself, stay vigilant and keep your mindset, you know, at a, at a preparedness uh, mindset. Beach hazards such as rip currents and patch the um, um, rip currents also is, is dangerous. So the unprepared, just be careful with that. Um, it's the start of the hurricane season, obviously, and if you don't know that, well, now you know. It is the start of the hurricane season during summer, that, that their peak, lightning and all of this. So the high winds can ignite endless fires in our canyon and forest. So please, please stay vigilant at all times, you guys. Know your wildfire risk. This is an educational episode brought to you by IDARE, registered nonprofit 501c3, organized and operated exclusively for charitable and education purposes. And their core program is disaster preparedness, how to reduce risk impacts. So you may donate online through their website, www.idareworld.com. And so the question is, how do you start your preparedness? So be prepared. Start from your home front. Uh, doing what you exactly are doing right now, listening to podcasts like this one and getting more information. Um, I know we're all so busy people out here on this planet and we just, you know, cannot like focus and in tune to one thing um, at a time. Uh, when we do, it is the most critical thing that we need to uh, prioritize ourselves. And that's another thing too. Prioritize this, you know. Take your priorities um, in, in, in the right, um, more clear direction, which is this. Take action today. Um, after listening to this, you take the action. And there's a lot of things that you can, you can do at home front by, you know, getting your preparedness um, survival kit and emergency plan together first. So emergency disaster preparedness starts with that, with having survival kit and an emergency plan. Know your wildfires risk. Know your evacuation map and routes. Know your family emergency plan. Simulate it. You know, assemble it. Assemble your um, your 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 emergency plan. I mean, I'm sorry, emergency um, survival kit with your family members because they might they might know a tip or two that you don't. So it's always good 
to gather your family members together um, when you assemble those, um, you know, survival kits together, emergency kits. And, and and do it all as a teamwork, you know, do it all as a family unit. You know, know your evacuation map and routes and then your family emergency plan as well. And then simulate this together with your family members because if you already have it, that's great. <laughs> Having it is one thing, but knowing how to use it and really apply it is another thing. So take action today. Take that action today and get your plan together. So moving on. People who live in wildfire areas, um, of course, you got to know if you live in wildfires area, you know, you only know that and you live in a properly land open space, let's say, hills and canyons. Like I said, you know, I uh, I live in, in, in more in inland, but there are so many canyons and hills around, um, you know, my area. Um, even, you know, we have lakes also, but you got to drive, obviously, um, and ocean, you know, about, what, 30, 40 minutes but still more in inland, that can just cost, uh, like like I said last last time in our broadcast, I mean, can hit inland as well. Um, the hurricane, you know, lightning, this wildfire as well. But um, you never know. Just, you know, you should know vulnerability to this wind and fire as well as what to do reducing the effects in this both and affecting to you, to your property, to your business um, vicinity, to your business buildings. If you're a business owner, you know, um, how does it affect your business? How much recovery do I have? What is your safety net? Um, Once when you, you know, strike uh, events like this one strike um, to your business, you got to know all of this. Estimate the cost. Estimate the, the um, you know, the recovery, the uh, the uh, safety net, basically. So if you live near Winland, uh, wildland areas, make sure your home is fire-wise and fire-safe. Also determine evacuation routes from your home. Um, like I said, you know, you got to have to know your evacuation routes and uh, maps and zones and everything. Um, all of this stuff... Just so you know, you can get it from your um, city hall. You can get that from your fire department, uh, local local community um, people in city hall, like I said, you know. Um, they all have this emergency tips and everything else if you don't have it right now. You can also go to my website and get, you know, get started there too. So another credible source is visittheweather.gov to determine if your area is at risk for dangerous fire weather conditions. So that's another tip. That's a very good resources as well. Protecting yourself today means having sources for information. Preparing your home fire, you know, to be fire uh, proof basically. I mean you can you can, you know, you can you can stop and prevent that, but you can always uh, reduce in the risk. And also your workplace, the business. Developing an emergency communication plan is also a must. And simulate it with the people, co-workers, your family members. If you're at home, um, you have one. And then also, you know, get formulate a, uh, a plan as well with your co-workers in your, within your department, let's say. You don't have to get um, the, whole, the whole business, you know, depending on the size of your business or your office. But within your unit, within your uh, department, you know, maybe you should have, you start thinking about that you should have like a team leader um, having this sort of thing, um, the uh, business, business I, I call it business disaster preparedness team, 
um, to, to have it, you know, so you all can simulate it as well, just like what you can do as well at home front. So, okay, going back, knowing what to do when a false fire is approaching your community. By the way, that um, the information that I just inserted included, we do that on the side as well. Um, I have an, uh, my own team that can assess your business, um, you know, as far as a disaster preparedness. So we can go out there and then we can assess that and then have a like an overview. We just, you know, this is like a uh, courtesy, complimentary 30-minute kind of thing, um, you know, an overview, uh, really not a big deal. But then when you do invite, that's going to be another um, program that, you know, that we can discuss later on. So it's always good to talk about it and discuss it and getting all this um, on the table and then what to do, knowing what to do and how to do it, simulate it. Um, I think it's the best thing, you know, it's the best plan. Taking action today can save the, that lives and the property damages as well to prevent it to happen, all right? So take action. Just take action after you listen to this, you know, start thinking about it and, you know, start at your home front first and start at your workplace and home uh, business, business uh, so vicinity, business buildings and, you know, your workplace and talk about it with your coworkers and teammates and everything and start making, formulating a plan, basically. All right. So visit our website, download any materials for free, www.idearworld.com. Go to the programs menu. I believe um, still in disaster preparedness. We, like I said earlier, we may add um, another information, another page over there um, for the business disaster recovery um, information as well where you all can um, let us know what you need and we can assess that as an overview and everything like that. All right, guys, uh, know your local community alerts and weather no- notifications. Know your local evacuation maps and emergency threats. Um, know your own home front emergency supplies. Supplies is, is, is critical in this in this scenario. You've got to know your supplies, what you need, and, you know, how, how many, how many you know, depending on the size of your household, how many do you need the supplies for, you know, for your children or just for you, and also include your pets. Include your pets, animals. They're also beings. They're also living things in your home. Uh, you don't want your pets to be neglected, to be abandoned, to be left behind. No, of course not. You've got to include your animals as well in this emergency plan. All right. So in addition, there are alternative ways to be notified and receive advance alerts by downloading apps. Okay. And um, I think I mentioned that to you before in my past broadcasts and my previous broadcasts, actually. So in addition to national emergency agencies who work hard to get you the most accurate information, resources, especially if you live in the coastal areas, um, this becomes very, very useful, uh, extremely useful. National Weather Service, um, I call it NWS. I always get tongue-tied. uh, saying that NWS, National Weather Services, NWS of the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, NOAA. I just call it NOAA. I have that tongue-tied uh, accent. Sorry, my tongue, I guess, you know, multilingual. <laughs> Has tons of information and sense, can send you alerts and warnings. They have maps and they have resources, credible resources. This, These folks, they work very extremely hard to get you the most accurate information. And also include the evacuation notices or science-based 
predictions are intended to provide adequate time for evacuation. So it can just alert you like, um, you know, hey, you know, it's coming, the hurricane or the tsunami, for example. That's very critical information. Um, these guys have all of this information there. Those who wait for actual confirmation of a catastrophic event may be trapped, um, you can imagine, by fire, by high winds, flood, even traffic. You know, you're trying to um, get from here to there. You know, one thing that stuck out to me um, when discussing and when I do have this kind of workshops or webinars is when my students or my uh, participants would ask me to raise questions. Um, when I question them and I say, well, you know, how, how would you, so do you, are you prepared? How well are you prepared? How much preparation have you done already at home front? One thing that stuck out that really, really uh, resonated to me after the events, um, after the uh, lectures would be, the woman that would always come up to me and say, you know, I always want to get to my kids. And that's the first thing. I really don't care about anything else. Let's just say when there's an earthquake, I want to get to my kids and they're in school. I think my husband will be okay. Or, you know, I talked to housewife, for example, and I, um, she would say, uh, in fact, I met I met her in our last um, what is it event? Uh, I don't remember what area. I think it was somewhere in the coastal area. She's um, she's retired and she lives alone with a couple I think dogs or something like that. You know, a couple of animals, a couple of pets with her huge house, and she has a granddaughter and a daughter um, that's about I think um, a county away, I believe, and she works. The uh, the daughter, um, so the granddaughter is in the daycare. So the first thing she told me would be, I need to get to my daughter. I, I really don't care. If, you know, she lives in a coastal area, and um, you know, if I cannot get to my car, I'm going to start walking. Now, those strikes me. Those kind of answers strike me, meaning that people really don't care. People do not care. Um, you know, leave everything behind and then get to the lost ones. So what I mean by this, the moral of the story of this is that include your family members uh, because she, you know, she came up to me and she goes like, I do not have a family evacuation map or plan, emergency plan, Nikki. So start now, start today, because if there is any simplification or um, you can simplify your, your effort to get to your you know, daughter or granddaughter, um, you might find that, you know, maybe meet halfway. I, I, I don't know the circumstances. I don't know how far. I don't know the distance. So you need to talk about that with, with your family members, including your family members, also your dogs, also your, your pet, also your animal, because they cannot be left behind. So that was that was the, uh, the, the, the message that I want to share with you all in that regards that it is important, it is very critical that you must include your, um, your loved ones because when the emergency strike, especially when you haven't really um, simulate this with, with them, uh, you go panic. You, know? you just want to put on your shoes and you know, your, your walking shoes and you just want to go help them, go meet them somewhere. Um, that's almost that's that, that's a good thing though. I mean, that's an instinct that we all have as a mother. Um, all right, enough on that on that note. But I just want to share with you um, that very critical. I know it's very simple, um, you know, but it has a very um, you know it has a very high volume message in there that 
you must include your loved ones and you must have your family evacuation emergency plan together and, and simulate it together. So they're all in it together as well. All right, another one last note that I like to insert with all these valuable tips is that many of us had overlooked, especially those, um, those who live in inland like ourselves or even coastal areas in, in, that, in that matter. Um, we're talking about the air quality condition. The air pollution can make it harder for people with asthma, you know, and other respiratory diseases to breathe. Um, I, I, you know, my my caveman actually um, has this little bit of problem with this um, issue, and and so I have to think about that all the time. That the air pollution, and that's what triggers me all the time. Um, and then in this. In this podcast, I would like to insert this information because I don't think we touched face on that before. Um, it just strikes to me like, yeah, I need to include that. So, guys, need to, to check um, this air quality condition within your area as well. Children and teens may be more sensitive than us adults to the health effects caused by this air pollution. So, according to the EPA, poor, poor air quality is responsible in the U.S. Um, I think I'm going to... I'm going to share with you the estimated um, number here. Estimated about 60,000 premature deaths each year. And then EPA, this is based on the EPA um, source. Poor air quality is uh, what causes this. So please, if if you um, plan to go and spend time this summer in the outdoors, especially in the outdoors, make sure you check the air quality index, AQI, um, before you go within your area. Okay, please check the air quality index. I believe now news, uh, local news will include that when you watch the weather channel and everything. They would include that uh, within their um, information when they share your, you know, local news, local weather channel, weather forecast or something. All right, guys, I'm going to give you a couple of uh, uh, websites that you want to jot down on this air quality index. It's www.airquality.weather.gov. Again, that was www.airquality.weather.gov, airquality.weather.gov. Or another website is www.airnow.gov. Again, that's airnow.gov. That is A-I-R-N-O-W, like now, airnow.gov. So airquality.weather.gov and airnow.gov. If the air quality is poor, avoid... Um, prolong and then kind of like you know put it off for a minute extreme exertion outdoors uh, you know that dehydration and then air quality that's not good for and this combination of just extreme um, exertion just don't do that and uh, you know it's, 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 it's causing a very very unhealthy um, circumstances for you especially when you're in the outdoors and then you don't know where you are and everything like that so all right, I'm going to just end it right here. I think I am over a little bit over my 30 minutes here. My personal quote, and I always share this with you all, preparedness is key to combat any natural disasters. I'm all for education, you know I, you know that. I'm leaving you all with another one of my favorite quotes of all times, fitting it with this topic. By failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. Benjamin Franklin. All right, guys, got to go right now. See you all next time. In the meantime, stay safe and please do stay vigilant. Watch your six, watch your nine, watch your 12, 
and three. Maintain your 360-degree mindset because our world is not linear. I'm Nikki Dare. I'm signing off. God bless. You've been listening to IDARE Radio with your host, Nikki Dare, the founder of IDARE Integrity, Diversity, Adaptation, Resilience, and Empowerment. Nikki Dare offers firearms training in basic handgun, rifle, and shotgun to family safety home invasion. Group and private classes are available. Please email her at education at NikkiDare.com. For details on Nikki Dare's hiking, yoga, and her other outdoor passion and fitness adventures, please visit her website for upcoming schedules at www.nikkidare.com. Ask Nikki Dare on her community forum, nikkidare.freeforums.net. Follow her on LinkedIn and social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, or to simply watch tutorial videos, subscribe to her YouTube channel, Nikki Dare. Her books and calendars, Living in Purpose and Passion, as well as exclusive editions of Firearm Safety, are all available on her website, NikkiDare.com. All of her broadcasts are available for free on iTunes podcast, Nikki Dare. For more details and opportunities for sponsorship, please email education at NikkiDare.com. Join her next time, living in purpose and passion. Nikki Dare.